A FAM production. Furniture and mattress. FAM.news. You can find the headline right now up on FAM.news. Casper taken private and Philip Krim is out as the CEO. We have analysis today on the Dos Marcos show. And how does purple, nectar, Tempur-Pedic, and others fit into this narrative? The Dos Marcos show begins in 60 seconds. Driven entrepreneurs, listen up. It's time to team up with Nationwide Marketing Group, North America's most successful network of independent retailers. You'll gain access to programs and services that level the playing field between you and the national chains. Industry-leading digital marketing, increased buying power, exclusive networking events, and of course, their awesome learning platform. Nationwide Marketing Group is the business partner that helps you get results and stay ahead of the competition. Take the first step today and visit nationwidegroup.org. Do you want more sales in three easy clicks? Yeah. It starts right now at doorcounts.com. With a completely redesigned user interface, gathering data has never been easier. Click number one, your salespeople connect with the customer as they walk through the door. Click two is the outcome. Click three, key performance metrics right there on your phone from anywhere at any time. Now your salespeople can spend their time selling and DoorCounts is going to gather the data you need to make your business better. Start right now at DoorCounts.com. Welcome to the Dose Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. We're mattress and furniture leaders gathered to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. Got a couple of great headlines up on fam.news right now. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Casper taken private. Philip Krim is out as CEO. What does this mean for the industry? Also, you're going to find out about Diamond Mattress's new patent for Coolstream ventilated comfort layers. Uh, and man, I, I don't want you to miss the chance to check out Retail Pride with author Ron Thurston on the Just Stories with BT podcast exclusively on fam.news. And hey, don't forget, we just have a few days left. If you haven't listened to this last podcast with Chris Marlowe of Help One Now. We thought it was such a great lesson for business leaders. This wasn't all about Help One Now as a charity. It was about Chris giving really sound, actionable advice about how you can weave giving into part of your organization and part of your culture. And so as part of him in his organization, celebrating helping families by giving them loans, getting them out of poverty and keeping kids out of orphanages by giving their families businesses. We knew lots of people in this industry started as family businesses. So we're giving, uh, we're matching your donation up to $2,000 uh, now through December 2nd. So go to helponenow.org slash the fam. And you spell it out, help one, O-N-E, helponenow.org forward slash the fam. And definitely check out that episode with Chris Marlowe and Hey, I'm ready to check out Mark Quinn's commentary on Casper being taken private after a fumble of an IPO. Philip Krim is now going to be out as CEO of Casper. Quinn, as you were absorbing this, this news, and thinking about it in context of the industry, what came to mind for you? Where's your head at? Well, you know, I think Casper shot out of a cannon 
really. I mean, their start was incredible and they were really seen as one of the first disruptors, Kinsley. I think there were others before them, Bed in the Box, the original brand was actually out there, but no one is really going at the market with the kind of ad budget that Casper did. And so they're do they were doing some really cool stuff that you, if you remember back, remember they were like, oh, there's one mattress for everybody, you know, and everyone was like, well, wait a minute. That's not true. You can't say that. But Casper leaned in really hard to that whole idea. And then when they started expanding their assortments, they backed off of that language, obviously. Right. And so they diversified their product assortment. But, you know, they didn't start out in the beginning as a product company. They started out really more as a marketing company, like so many of the D2C guys have. And so I think you have to give them a lot of respect for what they did and, and how they got where they are. I mean, it's pretty amazing what they accomplished. However, um, you know, now that they're in the market and they spent so much money, I mean, that's the whole thing. The entire industry sat back and watched all these D2C guys come to market. And then the conversation shifted quickly into, well, they're not really making any money. Like a lot of them weren't, right? So the acquisition costs were really high. The return rates were really high. And then as more people got into the category, the acquisition costs started to elevate. And then what you saw was the DDC guys who were really like marketing ninjas, great at conversion. They started to get some separation. Casper, because they still weren't making a lot of money. They were diversifying their product lines. And they needed to push out into brick and mortar. So it seems like what a lot of these guys have done is go to market, go online, build your brand, and then kind of like Tempur-Pedic and Slight Comfort did. We've talked about it on this show before. Push hard into the consumer space with long-form media. So they did infomercials back in the day. They went on all the shopping shows back in the day and created interest and, and demand at point of sale for the retail, the brick and mortar guys, which is what Casper did. But when they pushed in, the product wasn't strong enough. So they went into guys like Target, where they had an isolated experience for the consumer. It was like one bed. It was just the Casper bed. If you had multiple beds inside of an environment where they could actually lay down on the product, chances are you weren't going to you know, get the vote from the consumer because cons uh, Casper's product didn't really measure up. Having said all of that, you know, there's this theme, and I want to get you to respond to this. There's this theme in my mind where companies like Casper, and, you know, we have a lot of investor um, uh, analysts, Kinsley, that, that listen to this show. And when we talk to those guys, this is something that comes up frequently with them. But when you have a private equity company involved in our industry, a lot of times they get involved and they don't value industry insider information, right? And so if you're a direct-to-consumer brand, that's totally fine. But if you're going to push into brick and mortar, you kind of need to have some people on your team that understand the dynamics of that. There's a lot of ways to screw up if you're going into brick and mortar inside of this category. And a lot of these private equity guys, they don't care. They don't value the inside uh, expertise of people already in the category. I understand they want to disrupt and they want to bring new people in and bring their people in. But you know what? If it fails and if you're not at least connected to relationships and to information that will help you succeed, why would you ever expect to win? Right? It's really becoming uh, this split narrative, I think, in our industry. What I mean by that is, is you have several different storylines that have unfolded. And one of those stories, I don't want to say it's wrapped up, 
but it, it kind of had a, its last chapter written and it was a very good ending. And that was the chapter and the story that was written by Tuft and Needle. Tuft and Needle really was the original disruptor in this category in, in, in the biggest way, the most visible way. Casper came along very shortly thereafter. Tuft and Needle really, I think, saw the writing on the wall about the cost of acquisition rising, about the dirty, underhanded nature of, of many of these review sites, uh, about what it was going to take uh, to really continue to be profitable in this ever-changing, shape-shifting, expensive landscape. And so they sold, or in the terms of the agreement, they merged with SSB. And I think, I look back at JT and Dehi, and I know those guys, and it's a, it's a long-distance high-five to them because I think they made the right move at the right time considering what it was going to take to grow and expand. Then you have Purple. So Purple has a proprietary technology. It's differentiated. It's demonstrable in the marketplace. And they weren't averse to going into retail. And so, yeah, their stock has taken a little bit of a hit recently, and you can find that headline up at fam.news. But look, these things happen. We're in a supply chain uh, mess still in many ways. Uh, you've got labor shortages. You have transportation issues. You have all of these things affecting uh, all the companies. So, you know, for, for Purple to be maybe back on its heels from a stock perspective uh, isn't as concerning because I think that they understood what it was going to take to continue growing their business. And they didn't take a platform of disruption. They took a platform of business building. And I think Joe's done a great job with that company. And then you have Nectar. Um, this is another storyline uh, that's unfolding with what we call the, the DTC companies, the digital disruptors. And whenever you look at Nectar, uh, these guys, from what I can see and from what people tell me, are highly effective at spending their money. They're acquiring customers at a higher rate. They're willing to spend more, it seems. They've got deeper pockets. Their conversion rates are incredible. I've heard Bob Munkle say that they they mine uh, the abandoned carts and there is gold and then there are hills. That's Bob's quote. And look, really, they brought in a ton of industry people because I, I think they're agnostic to, we want to be the disruptors and overturn a category and write this hero's journey. They want to build a business and they want to win. And that's why they have Doug Stewart on board now. They've got Bob Munkle. They've got Bob McCarthy and a bunch of other people uh, behind the scenes that are doing really, uh, making really strong moves in that business on the brick and mortar front. And then meanwhile, you have Casper that was the absolute rocket ship out of all of the D2C brands originally. Um, they were then overtaken by Purple. If you look back at some of the good bed data, uh, they were overtaken, in, at least from an organic search volume, by Purple. And uh, you know, I think now Nectar is probably uh, rising as the cream of the crop in terms of uh, interest around that brand organically because they're probably spending so much money to get in front of the consumers. So here you are with Casper um, bringing in a new CEO, um, with an incredible background, Emily Errol. She's their president and chief commercial officer now. Uh, but where do you go now that you have private equity involved in your business to this degree? You've been taken out of the public markets. Um, it's, it's time for a really big haircut. And I think you do get further agnostic toward how you achieve those sales. You go after the business. 
So you're you're right. All of like I'm I'm sitting there listening to your like kind of talk through the different companies, and you know you. So let's go back to Purple for a second. So you talked about Purple, but you know, for everyone in the audience, the thing that Purple had going for what the Casper did not Kinsley was the fact that they had intellectual property, right? And and I want to. This is a whole nother show. But that intellectual property, to remind everybody, that stuff was in the market for 10 years. And the entire industry whiffed on that, and try, including us, right? So we even brought it into Legit and trying to bring it into the manufacturers, right? And trying to help the industry figure out a good way to tell the story on that, on that technology. And you even used freaking Elephant, which was brilliant, by the way. All of that story is in the book, Come Back to Bed, that you can get on the fam.news website. So well done, Kinsley. I loved how you did that. Um, and, and I had done some stuff even before that and you know, just never really got the traction. And these guys came in with Purple, and they put some really heavy-duty marketing behind it that was fun and interesting and different, right? But they had intellectual property. But then they started bringing in some industry insiders, so they had that too. Um, and they had something really unique and different to help them really gain favor by the consumer. Then, to your point about Nectar, uh, you got you know um, Bob McCarthy who brought in a bunch of industry people. So they had that, had people to rally around them. And so I think with someone like Nectar, I mean, Casper, I went on to LinkedIn and I looked up some of the people inside their company. And I didn't recognize many of them at all. And we're not here saying to people listening to this that you have to have industry insiders in order to be successful, but it sure as hell helps, right? Um, a while ago, Kinsey, do you remember that blog post I wrote, Five Signs an Outsider uh, Won't Make It in the Mattress Industry? And it was really when Michael Traub came on board. And I wasn't saying that Michael Traub wasn't going to be successful. I was saying... And so he actually confronted me on that at one point. It was kind of funny. He was like, yeah, I remember that that blog. I introduced myself and he's like, I know who you are. You wrote a blog post saying I was going to fail. I said, no, I did not write a blog post saying you're going to fail. I wrote a blog post saying if you do the five things in this blog, you will fail. So those things were things like, and I'm going to toss it to you for your, your, your feedback, but do you underestimate the complexity of the industry? Right. A lot of people do. They come, oh, well, I'm from this industry or this industry. And they try to apply the logic to the mattress category. Um, there's very little appreciation for the longstanding relationships. And I think, you know, let's not just focus on Casper. Look at, um, you know, Art Van and what happened to them. Look at, um, Levitz and, and I mean, in different furniture companies, Heilig Myers, when they brought in all these private equity guys, look what happened to these businesses. They didn't value the trade knowledge of the industry. Um, number three, they didn't really learn their way in. So, you know, it's not just when you enter a new category, like the first 90 days, aren't you just keeping your mouth shut and in meetings and trying to gather information? I don't think a lot of them do that. Number four, you can't assume what worked in the past is going to work here, right? So we kind of just talked about, and the other one is respect, you know, respect for the retailers out there, you know, and it's earned, it's not given, right? And so you can't go into, I've, I've had, you know, people in private equity inside this category, I've, I've heard them telling retailers uh, new principles in, in beliefs they have after coming into the category. And then they, they go hard with that explanation. And the people sitting there listening are like, you're a freaking moron. And they're like, yeah, that's fine, but it doesn't work here. And here's why. So what are your thoughts about that? Do you think I covered the, the slippery slope that many of these guys coming in that bring the outsiders inside? You think that's a fair 
way to assess that problem? Well, I think you have two very noticeable camps of, of outsiders that become insiders. I was an outsider at one point, and you brought me onto the inside and took me through mattress boot camp. I went to ISPA, I went to the market, I went to the betting conference all within the first year. And I remember I was sitting there listening, asking questions, trying to pick up as much as I possibly could. And it was overwhelming at times. And it made me realize how little I knew about this category and how no matter what industry you're going into, there are people who know so much more and have spent their entire lives, have family businesses involved. So you have the people that are, that are willing to come in and listen and learn. And I think that you know, a few of them that, that have done a really good job. You look back at Rick Anderson with Tempur-Pedic. You know, he came from Duracell and from the outside. Even Tom Murray, the CMO, the current CMO of Tempur-Pedic. Tom was on our podcast recently. You should, you should definitely look up the episode with Tom Scott Murray. Scott Thompson. He was uh, a but, car you know, he guy, worked... right? He was with car rental companies. Yeah, Scott Thompson, the CEO of Temper. I think that entire crew has done a really good job of uh, acknowledging the people in the industry who have the relationships, who understand downstream what's happening all the way to the retail sales associate level, what's happening with manufacturers and suppliers and transportation and business services, the entire swirling ecosystem of the industry, learning your way in and surrounding yourself with people who know how to navigate those worlds. And then I think you have people that are hell bent on disruption or I know that this way can work because I'm an internet ninja um, which is great, but then the, you have a hard time kind of acknowledging, okay, what else is happening out there that I can learn? What do I need to know? And am I willing to be a student and get rid of my own curse of knowledge? Well, curse of knowledge is exactly right. Um, and, um, and, and when you have it um, and people carry that curse of knowledge or what they think is a curse of knowledge into a category they haven't been in, it's a real problem. And there's some arrogance in that, right? There's a lot of arrogance. People think they have the answer. You know, Mark, you, you need to think too. I mean, here we have Shelly Huff. Let's talk about SSB for a second, right? So they just announced, so they had Michael Traub in place for a while. So let's go back to that conversation, right? So Michael came in and I think he did some good stuff. I liked Michael. I really did. He was a nice guy, um, but his performance wasn't good. And then, so as soon as Michael left, David Swift, who was the, the chairman of the board, came in and he acted as CEO, who, by the way, is the guy that was overseeing Michael's efforts. So he came in and he was the CEO. Well, after, over the past five or six years, right, didn't we write it was like a loss of a billion dollars in top line? And so now you got Shelly Huff and they buy Tough the Needle. I don't think they ever really maxed that out. Right. So what did they do to really pile on into that technology? And, you know, at the time it was a direct to consumer play. And I thought, wow, there's really good stuff in that. And they could really culture class for sure. You and I both had some time with uh, Dehi and JT. And so definitely big company meets, you know, startup. And that's, you know, you got to really be careful with culture. And but then Shelly Huff now is in is in place with SSB. And she's got a lot of work to do, man. She's got like all these direct-to-consumer brands that are crushing it. And you've got TSI, who's probably doing as well as they ever have, tons of momentum going into 2022. Uh, and so she's got her work cut out for it. And she's an outsider. And so she's got a lot of people inside for sure. But that, I, you know, there, there's a challenge in that, I think. Don't you? Or no? I think it's a clear signal about where SSB is heading 
if history is a prediction of future and history for, for Shelly Huff, who we're going to have on the show. We're very excited about it at some point soon. So we've been in contact with Shelly. We're trying to get schedules uh, so she can come be on the show. Um, definitely excited about talking with her. But if history is any prediction of, of future, then she was the president and CEO of Hayneedle. So if, if you're familiar with Hayneedle.com, it's a Walmart-owned online furnishings company. We've heard um, Melanie Hewitt talk about being a consumer-centric company. And my takeaway from that many times has been we're focused on, on being direct-to-consumer in more ways. Uh, so I think that that has definitely been the direction the company's been pushing. And, and to your point, you know, at p- potentially at the expense of a billion dollars in top line revenue over the past several years. So it's, it's no question that, you know, this company is um, needing to reorient itself and re re-envision itself. And uh, so we're excited to see what Shelly's vision is for that. But but to bring it all back full circle, I mean, we kind of got into that conversation about SSB because of Tuft and Needle and the storyline they wrote, because of outsiders versus insiders and what it takes to potentially be successful if you want to uh, navigate the industry with, you know, with wisdom and some of that insider's knowledge. And, and there's no one clear path, but I think it does come back to um, kind of an operating system, uh, you know, a set of principles of, Am I willing to see when things aren't as I wish them to be? Am I willing to shed the dead skin of my previous industry, my previous role, and look at it with fresh eyes and surround myself with people and, and potentially change my opinion? Um, and, you know, for strong leaders, many times that's not what they want to do. They don't want to look like they're waffling. Uh, but gosh, it, we've probably never seen a time of more dynamic change in the world. And even now, you know, you look back at from 2012 until now, you think, my gosh, can it get any crazier in our industry with D2C companies and that swelling to 175 plus and, uh, you know, the shift away, you know, potentially a little bit from brick and mortar. The research we did that if you become a, a member at fam.news, you can get that research. Uh, but yet it continues, Quinn. It, it continues. does. You know, to give, you know, Shelly could be a huge success for them. She's been in the category for a couple of years. She's been at Tuft and Needle, but the, you know, the, the digital to consumer space is much different uh, than the brick and mortar space. They're like, to your point, you got Scott Thompson, Tom Murray, you got um, the guys at TSI back in the day, Rick, who, who navigated it. So clearly it can be done. But, you know, it, <laughs> you can't just, I mean, it, it takes some work, man. It definitely does. Um, you know, you mentioned research, Kinsley, um, switching gears a little bit. And by the way, I can't wait to talk to Shelly. I'm really interested to hear. She's got a great, she's got some great people at SSB, uh, people we both know. So there's a lot of really good stuff there. So, um, you know, there's a lot, lot of potential for her, for sure. Um, but we did a poll, Mr. Kinsley recently. So let's talk about the rest of the industry. And we asked the question, how are you finding things in the furniture mattress business these days? And from our poll, um, 42% of the people that answered said, yep, still on fire, love and life. Uh, 42% also said, nope, slowing down some. Uh, 6% said they flatlined and 10% or said at 10% said they're starting to see some negative numbers. So is that kind of consistent with what you've been hearing out there? 
I think for me, what's consistent is it seems like there continues. We just talked about it with the people in the industry, but there seems to continue being two separate worlds that to me seem to get further and further apart. And as you said, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much an even split between the people who are on fire. It sounded like, and the people who aren't doing as well. And so if you haven't evolved, if you haven't changed, it goes back to what you've said in the past. Survival is not mandatory. You don't have to change because survival is not mandatory. And I think we're seeing that start to play out. Well, there's a lot that's playing out. I think uh, as we push into 2020, we're getting closer to that. We'll start having some some uh, thoughts around that, but uh, still a ton of opportunity out there, isn't there? I mean, there's just so many, so many ways to go at the consumer, and we've been talking about a lot of those. So I'm very, very optimistic. But for those of you listening, if you're new to the industry, definitely get connected to the fam. Uh, read some of those articles, share them. If you're listening to this, uh, share those things. You know, we've got that, that podcast, Kinsley, uh, the fam, uh, audio stories. So you can literally download that app and listen to the website because right now everything's voiced. So it's kind of a cool way to engage. And so share some of that. Let's, uh, keep growing the audience and growing the fam. We want to have great conversation in it. Seems that that's exactly what's happening. It's pretty cool. The emails we get weekly from people uh, kind of talking about um, their participation and what they're getting from it. So for all of you out there listening to that, that is sent us notes, we appreciate you guys always. Yeah. And a quick reminder, it is now the fam furniture and mattress. And we have Ray Allegreza that is at the helm leading our charge into the furniture category. Ray is amazing. Definitely subscribe to the fam. Go to fam.news, get signed up, become a member. You get all kinds of research, the free audiobook, fam.news. And then, like you said, subscribe to audio stories because, and the podcast, because Adrian is going to have her own mattress show that gives you in under five minutes everything you need to know about the industry. That's going to be coming up on that, that channel. So you can subscribe on Apple, on Spotify. And uh, we just love being connected to you. And we hope everybody had a, had a great Thanksgiving this past week, and we hope you have a great holiday season. Holler at us if we can help. We are here for you because you are part of the fam. You can bounce on it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. Oh. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce Now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring And you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth Or bounce all night Put two together Get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back You don't have to practice It's the best thing to happen To your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get high 
you want somebody to get in your vicinity You probably wanna feel a little bit of a hybridity From alone? Out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support The best way to shack up or just get rest That won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid Nothing short of genius Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get high, What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us And you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses, mattresses.